Thanks for tuning in to this special Fashion Month edition of the Glossy Podcast, recording live from Showfields in NoHo. We'll be here daily throughout New York Fashion Week. We're so happy to have you joining us. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I'm being joined by Willa Bennett, who joined fashion and media company High Snobiety as its editor-in-chief in 2022. High Snobiety had a presence at New York Fashion Week with its New York pop-up and activations. That's N-E-U York, which Willa is going to tell us all about. Plus, it recently came out with its multi-cover September issue. I wanted to ask Willa about the company's signature take of combining content, commerce, and experiences, including what's resonating with its audience now and what, to what extent the various fashion weeks have proven valuable business opportunities. Welcome, Willa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Good morning. Happy Fashion Week. Ah, thank you for being here, IRL. So I said New York, uh, the pop-up's happening now, but it wrapped. Tell me about it. <laughs> we we wrapped last night at midnight. Um, we had a beautiful clothing ceremony, little party in the basement. Um, it was amazing. It wrapped literally at midnight. I, I walked home, walked past Iconic Magazines, saw the three magazine covers, heard they're basically sold out, which is crazy. And Congrats. Um, you are the first person I'm seeing since. Oh my gosh. And you were the first one here and we're recording in the morning and you were there last night till close. Yeah, of course. No, I, I, uh, yeah, we go, we go hard eyes now. We've, we've been out and about all weekend, but I, I did bring you a September issue. They're pretty hard to get. Lucky so me. You well have done. one of the few ones left. Um, but I, yeah, I obviously needed you to have one and, um, thank you for having us and supporting highs now. We're, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. And look at this cover. So this is the first time that High Snobiety has done multiple covers. You did three. Tell me about who's on the cover. I'm holding Grace Valentine here, which this is so striking. This would grab my attention on the newsstands. But yeah, how are these folks chosen? Wow, thank you. Um, it's so so cool to see you hold it right now. Um, yeah, so the September issue, obviously, it's like a long-standing institution, you know, ever all these fashion magazines put like one face who the, who they think embodies fashion at this moment. And when we gathered in a very high snob way, the team was like, kind of fuck that. Like, how is one person embody all of this? So we decided to go t with three. Um, the first one was Lily Yachty, who kind of is like one of the most high snob people we could think of. He's a true cultural pioneer in every sense of the word. You know, he's influential musician, but he also is so stylish and, uh, you know, has has this group of influential people around him all the time. You know, Drake loves him. Um, actually, in the story, which you'll read. Of course. <laughs> uh, he, like, talks about how he was, like, on an acid trip and really wanted to work with Drake and how it actually happened. So, nice. yeah, he, 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 I felt like, was such a no-brainer. Um, he was actually our first offer we went out to. Um, then Kabi, written by this amazing, amazing, amazing TikToker, Wesley Breed. Uh, he was someone I was kind of just DMing on Instagram. I thought he was such a brilliant creator in fashion and the team was so obsessed with him. So I went out to him and I was like, I think like, you in conversation with Kabi, who is quite literally the most followed TikToker of all time. He has 161 million followers. Oh my God. Um, that, that was kind of our second one. I, I, we kind of talk about it as like him being almost the Tim Cook of our generation. Like yes. young people look at him and he, he's a true businessman while also kind of reimagining what this whole influencer means. Um, yes. So that was really amazing. And then this one, um, Grace Valentine, I actually wrote the story. It's very special to me. Um, was this model on the Fendi runway. Um, it was a year ago. 
they were walking in the show and they just like kind of were like struggling in these like green wedges. And I I always think it's interesting when models kind of show distress on the runway because it's kind of like exactly what you're not supposed to do. And Grace was so cool about it. Grace was like clearly uncomfortable. Didn't know if they were going to fall. Didn't know what was going to happen. They literally like in the coolest way ever just took off the shoes and walked off. And I thought that was so sick. And <laughs> they went immediately viral. I remember like it was all everyone was talking about that night. Everyone, it was all over Twitter, all over TikTok. And I DM them being like, you should be our September cover. And they thought it was so cool. They they very much own the moment. Like you go to their Instagram and they <laughs> it's literally the video of them taking off their shoes. Um, and they had no shame. They talk about it directly. But I, I just thought that was so high snob to be like, hey, like, I like maybe I'm not doing what the institution of fashion wants me to do, but I really champion personal style and who I am. And um, yeah, I, I think together the covers really tell, really stand for what we believe in. Um, and yeah, I'm so proud of them. It, it was so cool. I, I love like how quickly they sold out in the shop. Costume Magazine's iconic online. It, yeah, it, it, it's been really, really, really amazing. And it's so cool to see you hold it now. It's so cool to hold it. It's hefty. It's pretty fat. <laughs> <laughs> this is a quarterly publication, yeah? Yeah, we do four times a year. Um, but, you know, I, I've kind of stretched that a bit. You know, three for September. We did a limited edition with new jeans that sold out in three hours. So the four a year is kind of a, a loose term, I'd say. <laughs> oh, I've been telling my team we need to write about new jeans. Anyway, <laughs> we're so behind the time. <laughs> Yeah, we, we did that like almost a year ago now. No <laughs> problem. Oh my God. But tell me, I love your formerly, your prior role was at GQ and you were um, social media really heavily focused. And now you're doing print. I mean, and you're talking about the digital natives that you're featuring and that are writing for you. And tell me about how you're kind of world and expertise here. Um, I mean, is it all one and the same at this point? Media is media is media. How would you describe it? <laughs> I think what's it's high snobity apart, especially is how we do these like in real activations, these online activations, and then also print magazines like you, they all work in tandem. And we really see them as a whole. I, I can't tell you even activating New York, which the pop up that we, we literally just closed, uh, you know, so much of it was like how we were activating online. Um, we were really, you know, inviting people in our audience, inviting these cultural pioneers that follow us and, you know, putting them also on the cover. I mean, Grace Valentine, like, hosted a dinner with me. And then, you know, the night before, uh, Lil Yachty did a secret show in New York. Um, actually, the night before Fashion Week, you know, and we went and, you know, I was hanging out with him and he did a couple songs and signed his cover. And, you know, we, we really see it as like, we, we call it a flywheel moment, but it really is a 360. Um, and I think having so much experience in social, I think, Initially, when I took the job, I was like, what? I have to champion print? Like, this is the antithesis of everything I stand for. But it actually is what drives the magazine to be so successful. I mean, New Jeans, for example, like, that was something I saw online. It was like, at one point, I, I was like, wow, everyone's talking about New Jeans. And I started following them. And I remember in the span of a month, I was like texting my visuals director, Mateo, um, who's a star in you know, we give a lot of credit for. Um, but we were texting about New Jeans and I think they actually went up in a million followers in like two weeks. Oh my God. Which is crazy. But it's like, I would only notice that because I have been in social my whole life and my brain is just like that. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it is all a mix. It all informs each other. I, I We don't really do anything in silos at High Snob. You know, we, as we're shooting the cover, we're talking about how it's going to be activated online. We're talking about how it's going to appear in the pop-up. You know, when you walked in, the three covers were there. You know, that was all very thoughtful, very strategic. And so, um, yeah, I, I think for 
any brand to really resonate with young people, you have to be thinking of it that way. Just you cannot exist in a vacuum anymore. Young people are too smart and they're being fed just way too much. So yeah, um, I feel like you're the trend scouter of our time in terms of picking up on things that are happening on social. Who should we be, we be watching now, even if there, it's a teaser of somebody that's coming in high snob? <laughs> that's a really sweet. Thank you. Um, I don't know. You should follow Grace Valentine. Honestly, <laughs> they're Definitely. they're gonna be they're they're really cool. They're gonna be huge. Um, now I will say December issue we're already working on, and we have some like pretty like amazing amazing people in there I'm really excited about it I think um it's so funny when you're like promoting this even on this podcast it's like I'm so far in the future (laughs) um but yeah I'm really proud Montel Fish we had in two issues ago he's really really amazing he has these like sold out shows in Brooklyn and it's kind of just word of mouth but he's really onto something I think he's gonna be huge David it's like D4VD he was in two issues ago um Actually, someone like Billie Eilish mentioned to me in her cover story um, oh, cool. when we were hanging out. And I've been following him. He's a really great friend of mine now. And I um, think he's going to be huge. Um, I wrote Omar Apollo as one of his first digital cover stories years ago. And I'm a huge fan. Steve Lacey was on the cover. Huge fan. These people just like don't even feel emerging to us. It's so funny. It's like whenever I see, you know, Omar Apollo emerging, I'm like, there is literally nothing emerging about him. <laughs> like he is driving the culture forward. And I think it's really cool that High Snob has really like become this platform um for voices that you know aren't just the Billie Eilish's of the world and um I think that's so cool and I'm definitely like trying to hone that more and more and especially thinking about 2024 and 2025 it's really focusing on like what sets us apart and that is we really do champion people who are next for sure I love that you, you are still writing the cover stories tell me about we talked about um I mean, I'm so cheesed, but the September issue and in the movie, how they lay it all out and there's all this stress <laughs> about it. And you said there is, you know, to some effect that that going on. Um, but what would you say, like nowadays, the role of the editor in chief, you're setting the tone, you're um, somebody called me the cheerleader in chief, you're keeping people kind of <laughs> the fire under their butts and rolling and thinking ahead. Like, well, how would you describe your role? I've actually never heard cheerleader in chief. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was actually a cheerleader in high school. So that is hilarious. Um, No, I would say it actually looks different for everyone. I mean, I, you know, I look at Will, um, my old boss at GQ, and like, it's just so drastically different for him than I'd say, you know, an editor-in-chief of Teen Vogue. I think it it really is like, choose your own adventure. I think, you know, for me, like the example about writing a cover story, like I've always been a writer. I'm a writer first. I have two books out. Like for me, it's like, I will always write, even... I will be like 70 years old still writing cover stories um, if I have it my way. But I I will say that is not technically the norm. I think for me, it's like very much social first. It's very much finding new writers out there, you know, working with new creators. It's a lot of FaceTime calls with Mateo, who's our visuals director, Sebastian, who's our fashion director, and Emily, our head of talent. It's a lot of like really like looking at why things are resonating the way they are, you know, being on TikTok all the time, being on Instagram, um, being out there in the world. I'll say I do go out most nights of the week, um, attending a lot of dinners. I, I think really being in touch with culture in a really intimate way is my experience of it. But I mean, I, I really just think, I think this generation and especially people my age are just like changing this industry so quickly and so drastically. Um, I think it's really exciting. I think it's a really exciting time to be in fashion. And it's really exciting to be a voice like Heisnabidi that can just 
we we really are a platform for the people like Grace Valentine. We're not just interested in the in the big shows. Like it's just so there's so much more nuance yeah. in fashion, and so to be that is cool. And I think my my POV over is like let's we are a publication run by young people. Let's be for young people. Tapping into culture and in terms of activations and where you're popping up and where you're showing up, um, would you say that's become more difficult or that's evolved in some specific way? For instance, it, like you're popping up, you were at New York Fashion Week. I know the International Fashion Week weeks. I know um, art festivals, all the places. But um, is it, I don't know, are you any underground places, any, um, I was talking with Sun and they were talking about how now they're doing a collaboration with the Met Gala because the young, <laughs> the young folks have, you know, come to think it's fascinating because of the hoopla around the Met Gala. Um, so anyway, talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you pop up? What's worth it? Yeah, we, we, we are very strategic about it. We, we don't want to oversaturate it. We're not interested in, in everything. I will say the example of the Met Gala is interesting because we did show up to the Met Gala. You know, I had, we had a social editor on the ground and we were so excited to be there. But like our most viral video was of the cockroach at the end on the red carpet. Like we were the one that posted that. And so I, I think it is about being in those spaces. Like obviously Met Gala, there's so many people paying attention. It's such an important moment for fashion and in culture. But I, I always say, and coming from a social perspective, like let's still keep, let's still stay true to who High Snob is. And um, I think it's about doing that both. I think New York Fashion Week is interesting. Like for me personally, like, Peter Doe's debut at Helmet Lang was just so important and so powerful. We had three people on the ground. Um, do we need to be at every show? Absolutely not. Instead, we're more interested in the energy around it. We're interested in like Ekas Lada, Kalina Estrada. Um, my team is super excited about some different emerging designers. And for me, I'm like, go to that. Like, nice. we don't need to be everywhere. And so the pop-up was cool because I felt like it was a moment to both celebrate the energy around New York Fashion Week. It wasn't just about the shows. It wasn't just about fashion. And um, I think the flagship team did a really, really, really amazing job to cultivate these other spaces to hang out throughout the week and to have a hub where, you know, it was like-minded people. And um, again, we call them cultural pioneers, but these, these basically the people who are influencing young people. And um, yeah. I met a lot of really amazing people. I know some people actually found love there. <gasps> nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's amazing. I should have shown up. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, it, it, it's so funny. Like the, I have like this joke that like people find love at high snot parties. And what it is, is it's like, like-minded people come. So it's like, yes. it is actually where you're going to meet people. It, it's really cool. And even beyond that, um, I mean, yeah, not only people at the dinner found love, but I'll notice like next, like, you know, one of the writers who was at dinner will be like writing for a different editor they met at a high snap party and really is like an incubator for creative talent in New York. And I think that is the power of having in real activations and, you know, online and all of it. So tell me how you guys cover Fashion Week. Is it rev uh, runway reviews? Like we're constantly talking about like, do we need to tell the same like we often reference um the state of our seen by now or i mean yes it's important to reference like what's going on the state of diversity on the runways but we tend to tell a lot of the same stories and so we're constantly trying to like challenge ourselves think outside the box what what are the stories that are, haven't been told but i don't know what's your approach i'm always like do less do it better like really have a point of view like no one needs 
the same review over and over again. And by the way, young people are just watching it on TikTok anyway. Like they're yes. not they're not coming to see like a write-up of the 10 looks. Like what they're coming for is like our point of view. And they're coming to us because they trust us. And um, something I'm really proud about is our social audience. Like they, if we like write a press release, for example, like I will personally get DMs being like, why did High Snobiety post this? Like we we really do not do press releases. Oh, we wow. really like do not regurgitate show notes. Like yeah. we really only review something if we have something to say. And I'm nice. I'm really proud of that. And we think really social first. Um, Tora, who runs our TikTok, uh, will literally like text me being like, I see you're at that show. You better send me assets. <laughs> and like, I'm like, you are so right. Like here's every second of everything. Um, it, we literally like, we really like that is where our audience is going. They're going to our TikTok, our Instagram. Um, they're looking at what we have to say. They're, um, you know, they want to know that Doss did the music behind Ekaslada. They want to know that like King Princess was at Clean Estrada. Like those are the moments, the cultural moments. And it's not really about celebrity or, um, front rows for us. It's really about like the energy around it, what people were talking about, uh, what bars are they going to after? Yes. Um, you know, like the fact that Echo Slada was in Midtown and then, you know, everyone was going into Rockefeller Center and like what they were talking about. Like that's what our audience is more interested in. And to me, I, I've always felt that that was the story around New York Fashion Week. And so to be at a publication where the audience is so hungry for that is literally the dream. It's amazing. Yes. Super cool. As a modern publication, do you think, are you investing, would you say, more in social social media, a social editor, people dedicated to social? Um, maybe that, that's a hefty uh, portion of the staff compared to maybe a more traditional publication. We actually have a pretty strong news team. Um, and so, no, but yeah. I will say like... Just super talented. Social is in every single meeting. Like we do yeah. not have a meeting without talking about it. I think um, obviously they need content to package. So it's not like they can work in a silo. And I think there is, you know, our, our news coverage is amazing. I think um, Jake Silver, who oversees the news team, especially around like Men's Fashion Week, like I'm always so impressed by how quick he is and how thoughtful he is. I, I, I don't think... I think it's really hard to run a news team and I think he does a really great job. Um, but it honestly, sometimes it, it wouldn't reach as many people if it wasn't packaged correctly on social. So I just really make sure like everything we're doing, we're talking about the digital activation, you know, whether it is like a pop-up party with True Religion, which went viral on TikTok, which we can talk we about. We talk about that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. Or, um, you know, a magazine cover, it's like, it does matter how it's rolled out. And I think um, it cannot be understated like how important it is. Yes. What does that do for high snobiety to have a party go viral <laughs> on TikTok? Like, how do you build on that? Is it just like, go us and you celebrate that? <laughs> no, I think um, I, I was like very honored that so many people were so excited about the brand. And I think we love the momentum. Um, but it was not supposed to go viral on TikTok. We did, uh, we were just, you know, we were a small pop-up shop. Um, I think what it spoke to me more culturally was like, wow, like there are so many people fascinated with Fashion Week and it feels too exclusive to get in. And so I think to me, that's the story. It's like, wow, like there is such great momentum around High Somebody right now. There's such great um, energy around the brand. People, you know, the Lil Yachty cover, 
I think sold out the second day. Like that's pretty unheard of for a magazine. And I think that to me is the story. Like, wow, like so many people are excited about it. Um, And yeah, I think it's just a testament to the work that the team has been doing. I think it's a testament to like showing up in the right spaces. We say no to a lot of things. Um, Staying really focused. I think brands more and more are still trying to do too much. And I, I feel like a lot of my job is to just focus the team. Like we don't need to show up at everything. We don't need to have... Um, we don't need to, you know, show up at every single fashion week. It's about picking the right moments to activate and, you know, being consistent for our audience. And I, I, I think that um, was what it was exciting about going viral on TikTok. I, I personally like got served the TikToks and I was like, oh no. Oh wow. <laughs> I was like, oh wow, that was not supposed to happen. But um, also I get it. Like I've been like a I've been like an 18-year-old before who like wants to sneak into a show. Like I totally get it. I'm like, I've been there. I see you like rock on. But also like, let's just, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a wild, wild night. Um, oh but again, yeah, such a testament to the team and um, they handled it really well. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm so proud that this brand touched so many people this week. Yes. Well, I love, I read when studying up on you as one does <laughs> no. um, that you, and I was like, I'm going to like her. I said that you uh, used to collect September issues. And yeah. I used to collect September issues. Like I had a purge at one point because it was ridiculous. <laughs> but um, yes, do you think about that in mind? Like as this being like a coffee table book or a collector's item, people are going to have this for a long time. Like, do you think about the September issue differently, I would say? Yeah, I think for us, it's like about unique perspectives in fashion. So to me, it was like, I, there can be nothing predictable about this. And I, I really think we surprised everyone in a really beautiful way. And that was exciting um, for me. I think, yeah, I still collect September issues. They're also in my living room. Um, I think the September issue is such just an interesting institution that like even young people, like even Gen Z, like are still like fascinated by it. And there's this draw for it. And so I think that to me is more interesting because, you know, some things like even Fashion Week, I feel like young people are really challenging more and more and um, they're calling it out for not being sustainable and diverse. And t- But September issue, like they still haven't really challenged. So I think for me to be at the head of that conversation was the most fascinating part. Um, but my mar- barometer for like how we're doing is also just texting my little sister who is like so brutally honest with me. Like I remember when I booked Central C, I was home for Christmas and I was home for like three days before flying to London to shoot him. And I was like, all right, like I'm going to tell you who's on the next issue is the February issue. And um, I was like, I was like, you're like the only person in the world to know because I really don't tell anyone about who's on the cover. And I was like, it's it's Central C. And she's like, wow you're cool. That's a good call. She's like, my friends are going to think that's cool. (laughs) Oh my God. How old is she? (laughs) She's 18. Um, And then with this one, I texted her after it came out and I was like, so what's the review? She goes, phenomenal. She goes, the only fashion content I care about. And she's like a cool teen in LA. So I'm like, you know what? We're doing something right. (laughs) I love that. Well, tell me, she's your audience. Would you say that since you took on your role again, mid 2022, do you think that the high snobiety audience reader has evolved or changed? Um, You definitely do. Would you say that admit that you bring a, a fresh, different perspective. Tell me about your perspective and what that what that's meant for the, the readership. I think like just more and more, we're becoming more focused on what we do. I think we always build upon the legacy. I mean, this one, quite literally, like the creative was based off of a viral Pharrell cover. So 
I, I'm very obsessed with the Fastify snob. Like, I actually remember when I got my job, I went and I ordered all of them online. <laughs> Some of them were selling for a lot of money on eBay. And I just, like, bought them all and, like, literally studied them in, like, the one week I had off. So, you know, my Billy cover was also based off of um, this, like, Yoji uh, viral cover that High Samba had. So I feel like we're, like, just trying to focus it and focus it. And High Samba was doing so much right. Like, it actually wasn't about me coming in and changing anything. It was kind of about the opposite, like coming in and picking and choosing um, how to do less. Um, but I mean, obviously, like I am the reader, like I'm such a high snob stand through and through that that definitely helps. You know, yes. it's not it's not like I'm taking over. I took over a brand that like I wasn't upset, like high snob was doing so much right. It was such an influential voice. I think um, different people in different iterations have brought different things. And um, I feel like all magazines are kind of like an a mix of like everyone that works there and so I think everyone has different people have left their marks and I really try to study that and um just keep pushing it forward and um I think this is a really special moment for the brand and I'm really proud of everyone that worked on it and three covers was not the same as one yeah is what I'll say <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot tell me about um when people refer to the publication as um being streetwear and sneaker focused is that accurate is that a common per perception would you say um yeah yeah I mean it's definitely our bread and butter I mean I, I can't lie like it's is where we come from and part of where we're going um but I will say we I think of us way more as like a global youth platform now and uh, I think increasingly so as you know we have activations like New York Fashion Week and the New York pop-up and the not in Paris and Paris um especially showing up in such like a thoughtful curated way in a space like men's fashion week um I just think we're more than that but no I mean I love streetwear I it's really important to the team we we cover pretty we cover it like pretty competitively um so I, I will say some people are always like hesitant to put us in that bracket and we really embrace it at High Snob it's like yeah. not something we, we love our history and we love our past we just also take it one step further and um you know young people are wearing streetwear I mean yeah, it, it, we're not ashamed of that or uh, it, we're not confused about who we are. Um, again, it's really about focusing what we are and moving us forward. Yeah. And what's not streetwear? Like everything is like, it's yeah. so, so expanded. Like look at what you're wearing right now. You know, it's influenced by all of it. Am I streetwear? Um, <laughs> it, it's like we're all so influenced by all these things, whether we like it or not. And we just we just like to actually put it in writing and um, continue to articulate that. Right on. Yeah. Well, excited to see all you do. Tell me, we have to have our fun about Fashion Week. Tell me, <laughs> first of all, you're going to Tori today. Yeah. Yes. What, what's <laughs> worthy, worthy of your time? What have you, you been bouncing around to? Yeah, I'll be at Luar. I'll be at Willie. Those are like in two days from now. Um, uh, I have a couple shows tomorrow. Today, I'm going to go to Tori, um, just like friend of the brand. I've been in a couple of their campaigns. I um, yeah, I, I've honestly been a supporter for a while, so I'm excited to support so many people I'm tight with there. Um, yeah, Fashion Week, I will say, I feel like what I'm hearing is like the parties are kind of, there's basically just so much to do every night. Um, but it was really cool. We had a really special dinner for the September issue. And then we had a party at the Chelsea Hotel um, with a lot of contributors and people we love. And um, it was really cool photo booth fun. <laughs> still seeing the photos everywhere <laughs> online activation um so yeah no I I think I think 
what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing on Twitter is it really is about the parties too. So that's kind of been interesting and kind of surprising. Um, apart from sure. that, yeah, emerging designers we always support. Um, and yeah, I love fashion shows. I've had truly like such a fun week. I teared up at Peter Doe. Um, oh. So I think that was actually the highlight for me. Him hugging his mom at the end. It really, really, really touched me. Um, That'll do it. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like, yeah, I was so touched by that. I mean, she was so emotional. And I, I feel like I just, when you see someone like him in fashion and you see him succeed, it's there's nothing more moving. So I, I was really thrilled to be there. And, you know, we had a big team with us and we covered it um, from a 360 angle. And I'm, I'm really, I, I'm really like rooting for him. Yes. Who, as a young designer, you mentioned a few, um, I guess, what does it take to cut through the noise and who's really like piquing your interest? Um, and why, like, what is it? Is it about doing something different in a, in a quality way or how would you describe it? It's about having a point of view. I just feel like for better, or for worse, like it is easier than ever to have a platform. So if you're not saying anything, I just don't think people will pay attention. I think you have to really have a point of view. And I think brands that um, are putting in that extra step to like say something. And I think those are the ones that are coming through. And I, I just, yeah, we're very like, we really think hard about which emerging designers we support and we really follow them like from the beginning to the end. I mean, I, I kind of use this example a lot, but like Kid Super, like Heisnab has been covering literally since day one. And when, you know, he did, he did the men's takeover for LV, he was like literally DMing us like pictures from backstage because he remembered that. And I, again, like we can't do that with everyone. So we have yes. a couple people like him that were like, you have an interesting voice, you fit high snob, we really support you and um, we follow them to the end. And I, I'm also like that with my friends in fashion. Like I'm really loyal to the people I'm loyal to and like would do anything for them. Yes. Um, hence why I'm going to Tory Burch today. Yes. Like literally just like so many people there I support. Um, and I think that's kind of how you build a real brand and how you build a real community. And um, yeah, it's really, it's really important to me. Yes. Talking about being loyal, you have a signature style going on, which I love so much. Tell me about it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I, big menswear um, person over here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I wear my ties every day. I have kind of actually been chiller actually since high snob about it. I think um, the office in Fida is like everyone's just like so cool and casual and um, lots of streetwear. So I, I probably like chilled out a bit with my uniform. But um, yeah, I'm wearing a Celine tie today. This is acne. Um, cute. Gucci. Yeah, I, I mixes is mix of things. But again, similarly, like I'm pretty loyal to the brands I'm loyal to and I wear them all the time. And whenever people try to like send me clothes or something, I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm very like you have to you have to really cultivate a real community and it's it's real for me. I don't really I don't really mess with it. Yeah, I'll say it's working for you. <laughs> well, that's let, really sweet. Um, last question for you. Uh, no telling what's coming in the next 12 months. But if you can <laughs> share what, what you guys are working on, whether it's um, ramped up uh, commerce plays or um, yeah, business moves. What, what's going on? 
yeah, we have a big December issue, which I'm very, very excited about. But I think in general, like what you saw this week at New York Fashion Week is like the beginning of what's possible. I think what, you know, now not in Paris, which was our Paris activation during Men's Fashion Week and New York Fashion Week, New York, like what we're seeing is like, they are really moving the needles and they're really successful when we all come together. So it's like magazine, flagship, pop-up, um, commerce, all of it, collaborations, um, clothing, uh, HSR5 is our label. Again, like it is most powerful and we all work together. So I think next year you're going to see a couple of those and um, I'm really excited about them. I think, again, it's about showing up in the right places and not everywhere and really honoring our community, being a platform for our community. I think everyone you see in this issue, you'll be hearing from again with us next year and, um, you know, following following them from the beginning of their careers until the end. And so, um, and even beyond that. So, yeah, I'm excited and thank you for having us. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll have to come back on. I mean, we <laughs> were part of the community. That. Okay, I lied. One more question. <laughs> of course. I just feel like this is your jam. Like, we, a lot of entrepreneurs and founders listen to this podcast. They're constantly talking about... Um, the demand for content and they're not able to do enough with what they have. But would you just say it's about repurposing? Like for instance, with you guys taking your great magazine content and using it all month. Yeah, I think, I I mean, it's all about how you roll it out on social. I mean, if you don't roll it out on social, no one will see it. It's like you could have the coolest magazine in the world, but if you don't post it in the right places in the right way, literally no one will see it. And I think I, you learn that time and time again, you can like ask anyone in fashion, not in fashion, question about some content. And like, it's like either was it online or not? Um, So yeah, we were very strategic about that. I will say like, I actually feel like I get a lot of questions of like how we keep our social so ahead of the curb. And I think I love our social, but I think we could always do better. And I think it's always about refining it and never having a formula. And um, I mean, for example, we had Five features go live last week, plus a Peter Doe exclusive. So we're saying six. And we had a doc that was 36 pages of how we were going to roll that out across every single platform, email, uh, app, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I mean, X, sorry. (laughs) Everything. Like, you know, we we are really thinking about it. And no tweet is just sent off without a thoughtful strategy. It's it's all part of a plan. And um, again, I think the reason that we are resonating with this generation and continue to is because we take it really seriously. Um, and again, like you, you, if you're not thinking about social as you're thinking about your brand, it would be really hard to sustain um, and have a real uh, connection with this generation. I really believe that. I might put that in the title. That was an awesome quote. You're so right. <laughs> oh You're God. so right. You're so You're sweet. You're so right. Oh my, Willa, this was fantastic. Thank you for being here today in the middle of all the hustle bustle. Yeah. No, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, and I, yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> the only person I'd wake up <laughs> <laughs> right after a long night for. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy to be here. True yeah. friend. All right. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you Willa. So much. Of course. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with someone else you think would. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.